everybody. Welcome to Hey Watch This. I'm Paul Goebel. And I'm David Bax. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to say my name. I, you can say everything if you want. Everything, if I want. <laughs> no, you can literally say as much as you want on this podcast. As much as you want on this podcast. You said literally. <laughs> I've never... Stopped you from saying things on this podcast. No, I've haven't. never shut you down. I've never silenced you. I've never put my hand out as a visual cue to stop talking right. or to invite me to talk to said hand. Right? I've done none of that. So why why all of a sudden am I now some sort of despot <laughs> no, controlling just, the podcast? And your this is just just because last week when you did the intro, yeah. you didn't leave a space for my name like you usually do. Right? I don't think it was an intentional move to sometimes shut down. change things up. Yep. Is uh, you're one of those guys, aren't you? You don't like it when things get all changed up. I and am weird. a creature of habit. Creature of habit. That's a nice way to put it. Yeah. I think you're a little OCD, is what I think. That's probably true. Yeah, a lot. Maybe a lot OCD. Probably. Well, what's new, David? What have you seen? I haven't done anything this week. I've been busy doing other crap. No, I haven't watched or seen a lot of stuff. Oh, I forgot to. Uh, usually, I have my. Uh, I keep a little like journal or diary. <laughs> Did you see Civil War yet? No, Me I haven't either. seen. I haven't seen any Captain America movies. What? I yeah. I, but you saw Avengers movies, right? Yeah, I have seen. All right. By my count, I have seen five Marvel movies. Okay. I saw Iron Man. Yeah. I saw Thor. Uh-huh. I saw both Avengers movies, and I saw Ant Man. Right. I think that's it. Okay. I'm pretty sure. But they're saying this is more like Avengers two and a half. It's not okay. Captain America right. three right. so much as it is Avengers two and a half. I think you could probably enjoy it. I haven't seen it yet, but I think you would probably enjoy it without seeing the other two Captain America. I don't think I need to. Uh, they're just they're not my kind of movie. I don't think. really. Ant Man's got a big part in it. Yeah, that's true. I, that the ones I like are I like the Avengers movies and I like yeah. Ant Man. Plus, there's new characters too. The, Black you know, Panther. Black Panther and uh, isn't there someone else? Thought there was someone else good. Oh uh, no. Um, oh, and more Vision, of course. He'll be in it more. And he got Sharon Carter, even though she was in the last Captain America movie. Okay. She's in this new one. Uh, you didn't see or anything? No, I did see a new uh, comedy that I wouldn't recommend seeing. It's What's the, it called? Uh, it's called Search Party. It's the new Thomas Middleditch, T.J. Miller, Adam Pally comedy that's been sitting on a shelf for two years and uh, <laughs> they, came out this weekend. Because people will watch it even though it's no good. Because it has a cast that's like, well, Silicon Valley's back on. T.J. Miller was just in Deadpool. That was a huge hit. Yeah. Now might be a good time to release this movie. That makes sense. Um, now, where... It's not great. Where did you see it? Where did, I saw a press screen. Usually that goes... That's the kind of thing that goes straight to DVD. And well, apparently it did. Apparently it's been available on home video in Europe for like a year now. That makes sense. But this is its uh, theatrical release, and they did a uh, advanced screening. Um, well, back in the day, like... Silicon Valley would come out, and then and like, like this is what would happen: Deadpool would come out on DVD, which is happening this week, I guess. That just happened this past. Okay, week. and you go to Blockbuster or your local video store, right. and there would be the entire giant section of Deadpool, and then next to it would be you might also enjoy. Oh sure. sure. And it would be some superheroes. It'd be Green Lantern, Blade Three, <laughs> and then it would be some T.J. Miller shit. Silicon Valley would be there. Yeah. And then would be... She's out of my league. <laughs> and then would be a bunch of copies of this movie. Yeah. And people would go, oh, those guys from Silicon Valley are in it. Let's get it. And right there, they made their money off this shitty movie that yeah. no one would see otherwise. The problem with the movie isn't even necessarily... 
shitty. Like, this is what I said on Battleship Retention. The movie's not so much unfunny as it is just not funny. Do you know what I mean? No jokes. Just and light there, on there jokes. Are, I mean, the, there's jokes in the performances. You've got a good cast. Okay. So you've got some good, like, physical comedy. But um, it just seems like it's nothing. You know, this these sort of, like, bro-centric comedies mm-hmm. have been so big for more than a decade now since like 40 year old virgin and wedding crashers sort of started a, a new wave of that stuff right and i think it's just it's just played out at this point played uh but speaking of that cast the uh, um how great was last week's silicon valley <laughs> yeah I, I love this show so much now it's um, it's it's funny because i think uh, you might recall that um i was not fully on board with the first season yeah i, I think we talked about this um but I'm super, super into this show now. And I love how... Like, when in the first episode this season, I said to myself and to other people, like, Stephen Tobias' character is so nice and gracious and friendly mm-hmm. that he is certainly going to become a villain. And it beca- <laughs> he became a villain so quickly. Right. Uh, and he's doing a great job of it. But it's all, again, like I said when we talked about it, it's all realistic. It's all believable. He's not a villain because he's a bad person. He's a villain because he's good at his job. He's protecting his job. Just like when he right. said, let's worry about the then, then, and worry about the now, now. Yeah, maybe in, the better word for instead of villain, he's an antagonist because right. our characters are the protagonist. He, sta- he stands in opposition to them. Somebody has to be that guy. He's the antagonist. But if but he's just the embodiment of the the necessary evils of doing business, mm-hmm. which is what I think is so brilliant about this show from beginning to end. Even the ridiculous things about it, like all the hooli shit, where the the CEO uh, is constantly lying to. <laughs> Uh, his board members, or where instead of firing someone, he thinks it's better to shame them by making them come to work every day and sit around. And that shit happens, is mm-hmm. the thing. And it's and it's believable when people are so out of touch or so full of themselves. This is the shit that happens, and I love it. And and then when they like last episode, they have this whole big fucking plan to tank it and build what they want to build. Immediately over. It's immediately ruined. As soon as they walk into the office, the plan yeah. is fucking ass over tea kettle. And you go, oh no, I was all ready for this new chapter of the show and it's not going to happen. Yeah. But it's better than what you thought was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're not watching the show, uh, it's I would like to talk to somebody who doesn't find it funny and ask them why. Because <laughs> I'm sure there are plenty of people who find T.J. Miller annoying. I kind of used to. when, Like when he was in Yogi Bear... Mm-hmm. Granted, it wasn't his fault. That movie is unwatchable. <laughs> but I could see, you know, the way he talks and his whole slacker thing. Like when he was on that show Carpoolers. You remember that? I never watched it. I remember that. It was terrible. And uh, he he was on it. And he was basically playing the dumber version of the dumb guy he always plays. And I was like, this guy sucks. Um, but then I saw him do stand-up, I think, on Letterman. He was really funny. So, I'm, But I'm sure there are people who don't who don't find that shit amusing. Him and... Zach Ward and Thomas Middleditch and all their quirky bullshit, you know? <laughs> I'm sure there are people who don't think that's uh, amusing. and have Because I have no uh, relationship to that show. I don't know anybody like that or know anybody no. in that world yeah, yeah. except my wife, who isn't necessarily in that world, but she does do that shit for a living. Mm-hmm. And as we watch the show every week, she goes, oh, no. <laughs> it makes her sad. And it, and she's torn because on one hand the show's hilarious and she laughs out loud. On the other hand, it reminds her of her job and how sad that can be. All right, well let's move on to the next show. 
All right. Um, I guess since we didn't say anything, let's talk about the Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Now, like you do when you pick a show that's been on for a while, I want to talk about the Big Bang Theory in general. Okay, I can and, only talk about this episode because I haven't seen one. But this is a, a per- long time. this is a perfect example because the shit that happened in this episode, you know, this, that they're referring to, happened last week. Mm-hmm. The it came out that Leonard's mom was pissed that she wasn't invited to the wedding, and that was a huge deal on the show. Her mom was in town. They were trying to have a girls' night with all the girls, and her mom. And finally, Penny spoke up and was like, "Why are you such a bitch to me? You're mm-hmm. nice to them, but you're not to me. Clearly, you have the capacity to be a nice person." And everyone's like rooting for her. Everyone's like, "Yeah, give it to her, Penny." And then her mom says, "You mean a bitch? Like, what would you consider a, a bitchy move? Like, not inviting your mother to a wedding?" Mm-hmm. She says something to that extent, makes it clear that she. Has resentment about that. Yeah. And they all go, oh. <laughs> and it's a real moment. Even though it's funny, it's a yeah. real moment. So then Penny says, well, how about we have another wedding? And they go, and she goes, oh, that's great. And then it second episode comes. Right. And so it, so they're like, oh, well, let's have a bunch of people on now. Because Lori Metcalf has been on before as yeah, Joan's mom. And her, she's great. Yeah. And so then one more big cast and Judd Hirsch. Why not? But it's not. Have you just, been on before? No, that was okay. the first time. That's why everybody clapped, which doesn't happen often. In fact, I don't know that it's ever happened on that show that people clapped like he was Fonzie. <laughs> but if you're going to clap for anyone, I think Judd Hirsch is yeah. appropriate. But uh, I love that. Um, I have not watched that much Big Bang Theory, but I love that they stuck with the um, elevator doesn't work thing, and they find fun stuff to do with these conversations upstairs. Yes. That was that was one of the highlights for me. That conversation. Yeah, and I, I'm sure you've never seen it, but there's an episode where it's the whole thing is a flashback, and they show how that happened because uh-huh. they broke it. That's the, the, <laughs> this, of course they were fucking around nerd it wise. And they busted the elevator. That's why they never complain about it being broken. Because it's their fault. But we also never see anyone else who lives in that building. Which is funny to me. Yeah. Um, but obviously other people live there. But that, even that, it shows that the show has this... It, it's not just jokes that they're throwing against the wall and seeing what sticks. There's there's a, a life now to this show. It, it, I was comparing it to Friends. The first season of Friends is really bad. And you young kids... Today, I want you to go and watch Friends on Hulu or wherever the fuck it is now, Netflix, and watch that first season, and then watch the second season, and notice how much better the second season is. Because you go into the second season, and it's almost a gradual thing, because you're already familiar with the characters, so you you enjoy it more, but it, it's more like, yeah, I've always liked this show. But the first episodes are bad. Bad acting, corny writing... Uh, I was talking to Jim Bruce about this. In the first season of Friends, what's what's Ross's backstory? What what do you know about Ross? He likes dinosaurs. He's a paleontologist, so yeah. So that's he went, he's a doctor. Uh-huh. He's Dr. Ross Geller, a doctor of paleontology. Something that's hard to do uh-huh. and something that's respected. It's not like he's a doctor of some horse shit that no one believes in. <laughs> He's a dinosaur doctor. That's a big deal. Uh-huh. And it's exciting in just the pop culture world, right? Dinos- Jurassic Park, yeah. ever since that, is, dinosaurs have been a big deal. And they even say it on the show at one point. He bribes this guy to say, hey, I could show your kids some dinosaurs. And the guy's like, oh, that sounds good. So that's a, there's value in that is my point. What else about Ross do you know? Um, he was not popular in high school. And he sure. had a crush on Rachel. Okay. 
And again, that's endearing, right? That's not uh-huh. that's not something that you that that it puts you off. You think, oh, he was a he was a nice guy in high yeah. school, even though he's a clear nerd. The other thing is, from the first episode, we find out that Ross's wife, who is pregnant with his son, right. is leaving him for another person that she has been cheating on him with. Uh-huh. And for some reason, we all want to laugh at Ross for that. We all want to make fun of him. <laughs> ha ha, it's funny that your wife left you for another woman. What a loser you are. You are not a man at all. Not only is this other woman taking your wife, but she's also raising your child. Ha ha, hilarious, you emasculated piece of shit. None of that is funny. Right. And is shouldn't be. And it goes along with the idea of all the fucking homophobia in Friends in the early season, which is rampant. Huh. It sticks out like a fucking sore thumb. You excuse it because you understand this was funny at the time. Yeah. But it's not funny anymore. And all that shit is an example of why Friends sucks in the first season. And I think Big Bang Theory suffered from that. When it came on the first season, these characters were nerdy and ridiculous, and it was another gang comedy, and especially nerds said, fuck this show. Yeah. And and I think that's what... uh, And nobody bothered. The the thing... Because there were... I liked this episode for the most part. Yeah. But I I didn't really like the B-plot about the other two nerds being paranoid about the Air Force. Right. Because that kind of felt like the early Big Bang Theory where it's like generalized, like, these guys are weird nerds. Yeah. And it wasn't about them as characters. Right. Whereas the stuff with Leonard and, um, I don't know, I ran out of... Sheldon. Sheldon and Penny, um, like, Uh that stuff all comes from not the... Just sort of broad stroke of who their characters are, nerds. Like, right, right. They've what is this season nine or something? Like, yeah, you're they've, right. They've that was underwritten. The characters, but, but this yeah. stuff, the stuff at the dinner party, and and, and uh, like well, that's actually about the characters is great because they've gotten to the point where they understand the characters. And so, yeah. uh, which one is Jim Parsons? Sheldon. Sheldon. Um, his like the jokes about him, <laughs> like not. Feeling the tension in the room, right, is very funny, right, and, and realistic. Stuff. Yeah, yes, and realistic for the, for that character. I mean, because he's high functioning autistic. Yeah, and and, and, and he jo- wouldn't get that stuff. Um, the joke about uh, filling up on bread, like when everyone yeah. realizes that Judd Hirsch and Laurie Metcalf are going off to fuck or whatever. Yeah, and all he can say is they skipped that on dirt. They didn't want dessert because they filled up on bread. That was funny, but then. The tag of the episode, uh-huh. he does get it. Yeah, they yeah. both look at their phone, and Sheldon's finally, you know, Leonard, of course, got it long ago right. and is not happy about it. It finally is starting to click for Sheldon. Penny loves it, uh-huh. so they're all reacting differently, and more importantly, they all they're all reacting authentically. Right, yeah, and yeah. then and then Sheldon, when he finally gets it after long last, he says, "I'm not." Comfortable with this at all, which is what a guy like that would say, and yeah. it's fucking great because also it's it's realistic in the sense that Leonard comes from this family of geniuses. His mom is a well-respected shrink. His dad is a what an anthropologist. I don't know. That's why I think he said he was an anthropologist. Okay. So makes sense yeah, that he would be smart. Sheldon, however, does not. His mom is not very smart. She was a mom and a wife and believes. The Bible, literally. Mm-hmm. So she's clearly not a smart person. We met his sister early on in the series, and she is just a normal person. She, in fact, said he would. She said 
he was a rocket scientist. <laughs> That's what she said he does for a living, mm-hmm. which of course would be an insult to a guy like Sheldon. <laughs> and so she, so he doesn't come from a smart family, but because he's so high functioning, he is a genius. Like many of them are, like Russell Crowe and all those fucking guys. You know what I mean? The Beautiful Mind guy, uh, John name? Nash, the John Nash guys like that. <laughs> and then you got the other dudes. Yeah, your, your standard geniuses, John <laughs> Russell Crowe, John Nash, Steve, Eddie, Eddie Redmayne, Steve Nash. <laughs> They're all geniuses. Um, Nash Bridges, Rice Iphens. Um So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. What I'm saying is the characters... Now, I, I agree with you that that B story was underwritten, but they're clearly trying... Uh, they want to make that uh, a bigger story later on. Okay. And they've been trying to build this thing, but it's been really not a, a major story. But now they're making it to give those guys come... Because also, what they didn't mention in this episode at all is Howard and Bernie are having a baby also. Okay. So, they're getting more... He's not a child Bernie anymore. Bernie is Melissa Rock. Yeah. Yeah, she did... Uh, make some reference to I'm not raising this baby alone. Oh yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then and like the thing where uh, where Raj was going, you know, I love America. That was funny to me. It made me laugh, but See, it, yeah, that wasn't. It was really out of character. It just and, seemed like foreigner joke and corny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It wasn't for me. Yeah, it was. Um, it was the weakest part of the series for sure. Oh, the other joke I forgot to say that I liked nothing to, to do with what we're doing, but I loved the joke about. Uh, me and Bialik Bay- Bay- calling Laura Metcalf Mrs. Cooper and she's like oh you can call me Mary yeah, yeah, yeah. and Sheldon's like no I think you should stick with Mrs. Cooper <laughs> that's what I called you until I got to know you better <laughs> yeah and that and I love Maury, Laurie Metcalf's only been on a few times which uh, I don't know I would love to see her every episode but they're probably smart not to have her on a lot but she again she, it's so believable when he says that he's serious uh-huh. and she goes oh don't be silly uh-huh. That's it. That's what she does with him. When he says something, she obviously, you know, coddles him and takes care of him and certainly nurtured him to be the man he is today. But when it gets out of hand, unlike Leonard, who goes, uh, uh-huh. and pretty much gives in, she goes, oh, sweetie, don't be so, don't be so <laughs> ridiculous. And that's their relationship. And that's like why he is the way he is. It, it's all believable. It's it's all realistic. And speaking of Mayim Bialik, again, I don't know why she doesn't she isn't nominated for this show. She's so brilliant. Yeah. The way she delivers her jokes. She's. I mean, they obviously mine a lot about dry deliveries and and uh, you know asides and shit like that. But she really is perfect. The time she takes just the right amount of time before she talks. She says it at the perfect speed and the perfect like tone, and then she just stares. She doesn't smile. She doesn't smirk. You know what I mean? Just like the perfect way to deliver a funny line every single time. And I think that makes the other people on the show better actors, too. Because, you know, her and the kid who plays Leonard were kids, obviously kid actors. But, yeah, yeah. but she was a kid star. I mean, she was yeah. a full-on TV star. Had her own TV show named after her character. Yeah, you know, so she learned what she was doing. Plus, she was great in Beaches. You know, I've never seen Beaches. Well, it's a shit movie. Oh, okay, but if you watch the first ten minutes with her when she's a little kid, dynamite. She's so great. That brings up a point that I'm nowhere near the first person to make this point about the Big Bang Theory, but uh, it's relevant here because you're uh, you were talking about how the show got better. Mm-hmm. And how it went from being a show about four nerdy dudes and a hot blonde chick, mm-hmm. right? And it's now become a show where the female characters are, in many ways, the heart of the show. Like, mm-hmm. the Kelly Cuoco and Mia Bialik and Melissa Rauch, uh, 
um, particularly are like they're they're such a force on the show. Yeah, and such great characters, and partly because they're so different, you know. I think another thing people had against the show was it was like the fifth Chuck Lorre show to be on TV. Right. And people were over Chuck Lorre because people were starting to get sick of uh, the Charlie Sheen shit. And so they're like, oh, this is another Chuck Lorre show? No thanks. But it's very smart of him and the writers to realize, okay, people are complaining that these four nerds are all the same and and they're dumb. So let's get these three females on who are all completely different and yet... They're so tight. They love each other. They love spending time together. They get along. You know, they have common interests, not just the men they're dating. Yeah. But they, they like to get together and drink wine. And, and then early on in, in this show, when Maya and Bialik first came on, she was clearly obsessed with Penny. You kind of see that with that bridesmaid thing. Oh, right, yeah. But she was like, wanted to be Penny's girlfriend. Not in a sexual way, right. of course, but in the way that this woman's beautiful and cool and knows how to live life. I want to be around her all the time. Which happens. And then Melissa Rauch, she went from... She was going to school and waiting tables with Penny at the Cheesecake Factory. Right. And then when she graduated, she got a job doing... She's like a, a, a chemist or biologist or something. She works at a pharmaceutical company. So so then she went from you know a waitress to a, a doctor or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. she is. And so it's like, wow, this character is a real character. And <clears throat> as as you saw and as we know of her, her character is like, she's the nice, sweet girl, but she's actually, nobody takes any shit from her. She's in charge. She raises her voice all the time. And it's really funny. And that was a big thing with her and Howard and her mom also. And his mom, rather. When, you know, Howard's mom was an off-screen character yeah. who yelled all the time. And then it was clear when they first started dating... That was what he, aside from the fact that she's very pretty and smart and whatever, when she screamed, she sounded just like his mom. <laughs> and they would have conversations back and forth. And again, you're like, ah, that makes perfect sense. And she loves him for who he is, but at the same time, she wants him to grow the fuck up and not be such a nerd. It's all believable. It's all real. And it's all like the way a sitcom should be written. And I mean, eventually these guys are all going to ask for a million dollars, I guess, and it's going to ruin the show. Yet. I mean, nine years in, but yeah, yeah. I do I, like. There is so much hate among the sort of television, mm-hmm. you know, cognoscenti about the Big Bang Theory when it first came out, and I avoided it for years probably because of that. Yeah, and I still don't watch it really. I, ju- I watch it. I tend to watch it uh, in blocks when I'm in hotel rooms. Like, there'll <laughs> yeah. be like reruns in the middle of the night. Yeah, and I'll it's watch big like, in three reruns. episodes. That and Seinfeld uh, are big in reruns right yeah. now. Um, but. Uh, I still think there's some lingering people who haven't given her a chance because of that. Yeah. And then I also think there's a lot of people around my age and younger who are who dismiss out of hand the four camera sitcom. True. Just in general. And so I think yeah. Big Bang Theory is a a solid show that um, doesn't doesn't does not get the respect it deserved. You're right. But but I mean, even fu- How I Met Your Mother, which was a much hipper show than Big Bang Theory, had trouble finding ground with a lot of people, yeah. a, a lot of hipper people, because of the four camera uh, and, setup. We'll, and we'll yet, it. it's one of the most popular sitcoms on TV, and especially amongst older people who watch CBS. They fucking love it. Yeah, All I those guys are super famous. I wish Big Bang Theory, to some extent, I wish it got more respect from the people who apparently dole out respect for TV shows. Well, I'll say this. I, you know, for a long time, I railed against the nerd culture. 
and and how you know they're posers and whatever. And it, I basically said the same thing about nerd culture in general that people were saying about this show and using it as an example. But one day I was watching it and I couldn't stop laughing out loud at all the jokes and all the shit. And I was like, man, this show's funny. And I thought if you know, Sex Car or one of these other nerds were here watching me, mm-hmm. they would be so disappointed. And I decided to give in. I said, you know what? Fuck it. What do I know about being a nerd? I know I'm a nerd and I know what makes me a nerd. But as far as what other people know... Uh, or what makes them a nerd? Who the fuck am I? I mean, granted, I'm the king of TV and all that. But what makes you a nerd? I don't give a fuck what makes you a nerd. And I watched The Big Bang Theory, not because I'm a nerd, but because the show's funny. And it doesn't insult me, you know, that I'm a nerd because I'm not a genius nerd like those guys. So we don't have a lot in common. But all this stupid shit they talk about, comic books and superheroes and Game of Thrones and all that stuff... I love it even more that we talked about that episode where he, Sheldon, it wasn't even a, a plot line. It was just like the, the sea story that ha- doesn't really happen where he was trying to find out the, the, he was trying to have them do a finale of alphas. Okay. You remember, did you, did we talk about that? I don't think so. Oh, well, you remember that show alphas? Yeah. It was a great show. Yeah. And amongst the people who watched it, we loved it, but then it got canceled abruptly. So, Sheldon finds this out, and he's like, well, I need closure. And he's calling sci-fi, he's calling the people who created the show, he's calling everybody just to find out how the show ends. And I thought, that's me, that's what I would do. I mean, granted, I wouldn't call people, but I would live the rest of my life desperate for closure to that fucking show. And I would show up at Comic-Con panels where David Strathairn was there to talk about a movie he's in, and I would go up and say, hey, bro... I need closure on this fucking <laughs> on this fucking Alphas show, please. And everyone would go, yes, we all need closure because we're all fucking nerds. I mean, I did that. I think I may have told you that when I was back when I had a voiceover agent, I would go into the voiceover audition place all the time. And it was great because my agent at the time was a huge agent and all these TV stars would come in. Mariette Hartley and Tom Bosley and Sa- Sally Struthers, mm-hmm. Mike Farrell. The list goes on and on. And of course, for me, I'm sitting there going, holy fuck, BJ Honeycutt just walked in. And I and and you're just sitting there, and everyone's trying to be friendly. And at one time, Mitzi McCall came in. And Mitzi McCall used to be a judge on the gang show, uh, on the gong show, okay. with her husband, Charlie Brill. Okay. Because they were a comedy team. And they're mostly famous because they were on the Ed Sullivan show the night the Beatles were on. Oh, wow. So they were one of the people who were out there performing while all the girls were just screaming and like everyone said, there was no point in us doing all we did is come out, did our act and leave. No one was even paying attention. And I asked her about that. And she was like, oh, yeah. And she told me all about it. And I and I was basically like, yes, I'm going to take this opportunity. If I'm just sitting here, I'm going to ask them. Like I, I, I tried to talk to Mike Farrell. He was not interested in even talking to me, <laughs> let alone talking about MASH. So, OK, <laughs> fine. I'm not going to bug him. But if we're all just sitting there and it's fucking... Uh, it's uh, the dude from Star Trek, uh, the bald guy who played the doctor on the hologram doctor. You know what I'm talking about. No. He's been in a million things. Oh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, on Star Trek Voyager, he was the doctor. and uh, But he was on this short-lived show with Rob Lowe called The Lion's Den. You remember that? It I might have been that. the second show he was on after he left West Wing. Well, what was the first one? So uh, Dr. Vegas. 
Dr. Vegas was the first one. I thought it was the other way around for some reason. I'm pretty sure Dr. Vegas was first, but maybe I'm wrong. Dr. Vegas was CBS and Lion's Den was NBC. I remember that. Hmm. But Lion's Den was like a, a, you know, a mystery, a murder mystery show. First episode, uh, this guy gets pushed out of a building, out of a window. So the whole episode, it's who did it. Well, the show got canceled, of course. And I see this dude in the waiting room one day. And it's just us this day. And I say to him, uh, listen, hey, I'm Paul. Nice to meet you. I'm a big fan. I got to ask you a question. And I'm sure he's ready for me to say something about Star Trek. Uh-huh. I'm sure he's ready to go, I don't know. But I, <laughs> but I said, um, on the lion's den? Because he played the cop on the lion's den. So he was hip to all the stuff that was going on in the show. He was investigating it on the show. Uh-huh. So he had all the facts of the case. <laughs> and so I said, who murdered that guy on the lion's den? Who ended up being the murderer? And he goes, oh, that's funny that you ask. Because they put all those episodes together on DVD and released it in Europe with an ending. And I said, oh, who did it? And he goes, Rob Lowe. <laughs> he said, Rob Lowe ended up being the murderer. And I said, oh, that's fucking great. <laughs> and, I've, and, you know, anytime I, I keep my eyes out to see the, you know, complete Blu-ray or DVD of the Lion's Den so I can see that. But he said they got together and shot something and cobbled together a, a finale so they could put it on DVD. But... That, my point is, that's real. I did that, just like right. Sheldon would do. <laughs> I asked this fucking guy. Um, so that's why I like the show, because I recognize myself in it. It makes me laugh out loud. I respect all the actors. I mean, I've heard, you know, uh, I've heard some bad things about some of the guys, but, you know, Kaylee Cuoco could probably pick men better. You know, her, her marriage already failed, and it fell apart. But everybody seems like they're, you know, they're funny and they're, I haven't heard any, you know, terrible stories and especially the stars. Every time I see Jim uh, Parsons on a talk show or whatever, mm-hmm. he's so charming and Is he, polite. I, I find him, Sean and I on the old show used to yeah. joke that he's like a Bond villain because he's so really soft-spoken and like he's kind of, I'm sure he's a nice guy, yeah. but he does seem sort of almost... Too measured when he speaks. Well, he's like an American Alan Cummings. He's, you know, he's tall, he's thin, he's gay, he has an accent, and that's just the way he is. (laughs) But but it's authentic, is my thing. Like, one time when he was on Letterman and he had been nominated for his first Emmy, Dave said, who else is nominated? And he named all the guys and he went, oh, but there's someone else. Oh, maybe not. And Dave started talking. He goes, oh, Jemaine Clement. Jemaine Clement. <laughs> and Dave's like, oh, from Concord. He's like, yes. And he goes, who? Oh, I would have been so embarrassed if I forgot. And I thought, that's he doesn't have, have to yeah. feel that way. But it's nice of him to say the other guys and then realize, oh, if I hadn't said his name, I would have looked like such an asshole. Because he would have. He would have looked like a dick. <laughs> At least to Jemaine, Jemaine Clement fans. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, will, I would like to know when... This show like falls under its own weight, you know, the way, you know, that day none of the friends showed up for work, you know, because they all yeah. wanted more money because that was the only way they could get it. Well, these guys don't own the show either. And it's too there's too many people in it to give them all a piece of it. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be cool to give the two leads a piece and not everyone else. But you can't give everybody a piece. So what do you do? Maybe when it gets canceled, they'll do, you know. Raj, it'll be the new show Raj, and he'll have a piece of it the way Kelsey Grammer did. But until now, they're just and also it's not like they're all doing 
It's not like they have great movies. It's not like they're uh, Melissa McCarthy, and every summer they have a movie coming out. Right. You know, they've done other stuff. Jim Parsons was in that that gay movie on HBO, okay. The Normal Heart. Is that what it was? Uh, I think so. I didn't yeah. see it. He also did a voice for a DreamWorks animation movie, right? Home? Oh, yeah. Isn't he a voice in that? In what? Home? Is that what it's called? Oh, I didn't see it. But, yeah, he does voices. And 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 obviously they all got other movies going on, Melissa Rauch and... and uh, Kid who plays Wallowitz and shit. So they got other stuff going on, but I wonder when one of them is going to say, I can't do this anymore. Um, just because I don't have the time. It's not worth the money. And, you know, because I know they got some sort of favorite nations thing going on over there. You know, I'm sure at least the two leads and Kaylee Cuoco all get the same amount of money. Uh, right. Unless if they don't give her because she's a woman, which I would believe. But that's still, that's completely <laughs> fucked up, of course. Yeah. Considering people would really stop watching the show if she left. Yeah. Can yeah. you imagine the turmoil on that show if one of those girls left? Oh, man. I'd stop watching. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, not a lot to say other than this show's good. Yeah, so, we talked about Big Bang Theory a lot, and then we talked about BJ Honeycutt and uh, <laughs> Star Trek Voyager. Yeah. So I think we definitely exhausted this half of it. All right. Good. <laughs> So then let's move on to trivia then. Yeah. Last week was the trivia question was about who? It was about someone on a show. Oh, it was about... Michael Emerson and Carrie Preston. Right. And there are three uh, TV shows in which they have both appeared in the same episode. Obviously, Person of Interest, they've done multiple times. Lost, they're both in the episode of Behind the Curtain, even though they don't share a scene. And there was one other show. It was a short-lived uh, Fox drama from 2005. And you said they played a married couple on the show. No, no. Oh. He... Michael Emerson in that in that case was a killer who was trying to kill Carrie Preston's husband oh, because okay. he was a suspected child molester or something. Okay, yeah, and it was a heavy heavy duty drama on Fox that did not last very long. What was it called? Did it, no one got it? Yeah. Oh, it was called The Inside. The Inside. I remember Peter Coyote. It was a good show, but it was really really dark. And the premise was Peter Coyote. Uh, had this special squad of the C of the FBI who basically would chase down predators. It was a lot like Criminal Minds, only they spent a lot of time on the on the team and their personal shit, and they all had uh, like deep deep backstories mm-hmm. because they were put together for a specific reason. Peter Coyote used all their different stuff, but it was a very intense show. Uh, and I'm not surprised nobody watched it. But uh, the guy who got it right was our old friend Alex Daniel. Uh, who He was one of many people who got it right, but he was the first. And, and he said he said he was glad to take uh, take the title away from, uh, you know, the Irish guys and the Australian yeah, yeah. guys who yeah. are getting it Bring right. Bring it back home to America. That's right. He brought it back to America. USA. <laughs> and he still writes me and says, can I ask you a question about this and that? <laughs> It, it, it makes me laugh. All right, so a question this week about the Big Bang Theory. <clears throat> As we saw, Judd, uh, Judd Hirsch was on in Leonard's Dad for the first time, and everybody clapped, and that was awesome. And also, Laurie Metcalf was on. Now, okay. as we mentioned, Laurie Metcalf and uh, what's the kid's name? Johnny Galecki? Johnny Galecki worked together on Roseanne before. Yeah. And that was one of the reasons they cast her in the first place. Um, and we saw that. But there are there are two actors who have been on the Big Bang Theory, and even though they weren't in the same episode together, the two of them starred on a sitcom together. 
What okay. is it? Two people who have been on... On the Big Bang Theory. Um, and the two of them were stars on a sitcom together. I'm going to guess... Much like Johnny Galecki and Laurie Metcalf were stars on Roseanne together. Uh, Are you Googling the cast of the Big Bang Theory? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm oh, okay. Um, I couldn't remember one person's name. I'm going to guess because I know one of them has been on. I'm going to guess that Bob Newhart and Suzanne Blachette have both been on Big Bang Theory. No, well, Bob Newhart has. Yes, I know but, he has. That's but why not I Suzanne Blachette. But that's an excellent guess. So if you uh, know the answer, I don't know if I could write it down. I don't know if uh, just writing down the name of it will, will uh, give you the answer. But I'll do it. Um, do you remember this? Um, I have no idea what that is. You don't even. You can't read it. No, I, I can read it. I don't remember that uh, show. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, it, it, it wasn't a very popular show. But if you know the answer, send it to Paul at thekingoftv.com, and you could win a prize just like Alex Daniel. And you could ask me a question. And you can always be my friend on the Facebook, uh, which is fine. I, I'm I'm happy to do that. And please follow me on Twitter. And of course, don't forget to watch me on at midnight this Tuesday. Um, the first show before Monday night, Sinbad is on, which is going to be awesome to see Sinbad yeah. back on TV. Yeah. Um, but the next night, it's me, Maria Bamford, and Greg Barrett. I don't see how it can't be a funny show. Yes. Uh, you know, and uh, uh, if you're in LA and you would like to come see it, they actually told me we like to fill the audience with fans of people on the show. So I can get in as many people as I want. Um, but it's Tuesday afternoon. David won't be there. So I gotta work. Don't worry about that. He won't be there ruining things and fucking it up and trying to look for a place to smoke. Now, when we went there, <laughs> when we went there to watch, I got there right as the show was starting. So I didn't get to really hang out and fuck around much. But there, that was like a little VIP area, right? Where, where I met you guys. Because no. I saw there was food and drinks and chairs. Um, I think that would have been, they, they asked us as VIPs because that's what I was. Yeah, um, if we wanted to sit in the audience or watch the show from backstage. Okay. And I think if we had said, "Oh, we'll hang out backstage," we would have had access to that. But that's I, what I'm saying. But I, where where you met us was just we hadn't been there much longer than you had. They just like ushered us past the line of people waiting. Yeah. And that was just the whole. That's pretty area. much the holding area. Yeah. But you could. But there's a monitor there, and like I said, there's snacks and drinks, and you could have. We could have probably just sat there and watched the monitor and ate snacks if we wanted to. Uh, yeah, I think that was offered. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's what I'm asking about. Good. Um, all right. So you will, if you want to come, I can get you a sit, seat in the audience. But I'm not going to be your fucking uh, tour guide. Don't bother me. I got work. I got work to do. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to be getting high as fuck. So, <laughs> Good idea. Uh, so, but in, in any case, those of you who are around the world, and I know you can watch it on Much in Canada, which used to be Much Music. Which oh. is the MTV of Canada, right. and every yeah. Canadian insists it's a hundred times better than MTV. But uh, I know yeah, at, at this point, it probably is. Well, they well at least Much Music changed their name to Much since they don't show videos anymore. I yeah. know that. Yeah. Uh, but um, that they show at midnight on Much in Canada, um, and at the very least, if you have Hulu, you can watch it there the next day. And on the Comedy Central website. So you got all chances to watch it. And like I yeah, said, please do. Afterwards, write to, you know, tweet about it and tag at midnight and Hardwick and uh, Comedy Central and tell them how hilarious I was and how I should be back. 
because uh, that would be great to be back on TV. Um, all right. And wait, aren't, aren't you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. Oh, I thought yeah. so. Why didn't you say so? I'm at Davey Pretension. That's where you follow me on Twitter. Definitely do that. And uh, check out BattleshipPretension.com for my other podcast and all my writings, movie reviews and stuff. You can read my review of Search Party if you want. <laughs> and uh, and like we said uh, last week, my new episode, Bottle Episode, my new my new podcast, Bottle Episode with Brock and the King, will be available next week. We're timing it so I can announce it on the show. Sure. Hopefully, I'll be able. Hopefully, Hardwick will say, "Co-host of Hey Watch This, the Hey Watch This podcast, and his new podcast, Bottle Episode, is available." Blah blah blah. Hopefully, that's what he'll say. Uh, that's what I will ask him to say. So he'll he'll talk about both of those. But listen to that. And Matt, did I play you the theme song? For bottle episode? No. Oh, remind me when okay. we're done. It's fucking great. Okay. If nothing else, you need to listen to the first ten minutes of bottle every episode of bottle episode to hear that song. The theme song's ten minutes long? No, no, no. <laughs> no, because we do a cold opening. Okay. We talk and welcome people and then we play the theme song. Okay. So yeah. So but you need to hear all of it and it then it can't the be better song. than our theme song for Hey Watch. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to Jack Maxwell, but this one's a little better. Well, I'll say this. Jack Maxwell did ours for free. And he was okay. very nice. I basically said, hey, someone send me a theme song. And he was uh-huh. the only one who bothered. And he even took notes and did a, like, did a second one for yeah. me. So, you know, all props to Jack Maxwell. Oh, yeah. I, and I remember when I, I sent it to, to David, he said, it's better than anything I could come up with. And I was like, great. This, I think me and David are going to get along just fine. But this bottle episode, I actually paid a guy to do. And I knew it would be a finished thing. So... It's, I mean, they're two completely different songs. So, all right. Anyway, The Amazing Race. How much did you cry when your boyfriends came in third on The Amazing Race? Here's the thing. I didn't even because they were in third almost off the bat. It's true. The second they ran up to the top of the Angels flight instead of the... The yeah, plaza, right. it was essentially lost at that point. And not necessarily because yeah. they made a mistake. They did make a mistake. But it's because as much as I... If you had asked me beforehand, which team do you not want to win, yeah. I would have said Matt and Dana. But they ran such a great leg. Yes, the best leg of the whole race. That, yeah, they can't... Uh, other than letting the taxi go, which they still were able to uh, to fix, they... Yeah. I can't. I, I was happy. I was happy for them be, for winning because yeah, they did it. They did, they did it. Did it the right well, way. and it's funny because in this last leg, I will give credit to all three teams. First of all, especially Cole and his mom, mm-hmm. just for making it to the top three. That's amazing. She was the old. Well, she wasn't the oldest person, but she was no, one was of standing. the. Yeah, but she was one of the oldest people on the race. She was just a mom. She was on. She she wasn't a YouTube star right, yeah. like these other people. She wasn't an athlete. And in fact, they said in the last episode she was a mom of what six kids. Oh, did I say that many? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they, she may not have birthed them all, but they were all her kids. Uh-huh. So for her to do all that shit, and then especially jumping off that fucking thing, that looks right. Scary. As fuck. I mean, granted, I, and and on this show. Every episode, there's something where someone's scared, and you go, oh, just fucking do it. You're not going to fall. You're perfectly safe, because you are. Everyone's perfectly safe. But that one, I have to say legit. I don't know if I could have jumped off there and grabbed that thing. Uh, At least certainly not the first time. And the fact that she was able to... Because you saw the first time when she grabbed the rope. She jumped off, but she was holding the rope. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you can't do that. You need your hands free to grab the fucking ticket. Yeah. Right? To grab the clue. And I'm sure somebody told her, 
grabbing the rope is actually a bad idea. Yeah. There, it doesn't make you any safer, and you might hurt your hand. No, you know, you're yeah. you're completely strapped in. You could you could close your eyes and hop off, and the same thing would happen. Here's just like just like Cole jumping off that fucking water thing. Yeah. He's gonna jump in the water, and they show him how to land, but it's still scary. It's made, that's that, that, your heart. Back, that was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But when I was in Mexico, I jumped off a thing that was like twelve feet into mm. like one of those uh, cenotes. It's like a uh, underground sinkhole thing. Right. It's really cool. It's really awesome. Yeah. But like twelve feet, like you get up there and you're like, wow, like this is uh, this is yeah. taller than I thought. They were forty feet up. It would have taken me a second. Yes, that's but the one. The one this out week, four story building. Yeah, the one this week you're talking about um, that you wouldn't have got it the first time. I had this conversation with um, Mrs. Hall. Um, I it would have taken me a good while to work up the courage, but I absolutely would have gotten it the first time because I would have known I'm doing this exactly once. Yes, and yes. I would have said, I if I don't, you know, if I, I would don't have been get the it, same. going to make me do it again. So let me let me let me uh, yeah. muster up the gumption here. Yeah, you steal yourself and you do yeah, it because you I'm don't want to do it do again. It. Yeah. And uh, although, I mean, you know, she was scared, but I have a feeling once she did it, she was like, okay, I did it now. I get it. It's not yeah, that yeah, scary. Yeah. Um, but she was, it wasn't like she was a little scared. I mean, she was up there crying yeah. and sobbing. And, and Brooke, I said, I don't know if I could do that. And Brooke said, well, would you stand there and swear, and and s- sob? And I said, no, but I'd be up there swearing like a sailor. Yeah. Because I'd be pissed at myself for being so scared. And I just want to fucking do it. And I'd be like, fuck, let's fucking do this. Fucking, yeah. fucking, fuck. So, but the fact that all three of those teams did it, did it, uh, you know, with fairly, fairly, uh, I don't know, competently, you know, it's not like they had to do it a million times. Uh, That was very impressive. And getting back to Tyler and, uh, what is his his buddy's name? Tyler and Corey. It's funny how, not just that they were behind at the beginning, but it seemed like they couldn't catch a break. Because it didn't matter what they did, because they were pretty good too. Even though Corey missed the thing, I guess one of whoever whoever did it missed the clue of the first time. They had to do it twice. He had to do it three times, actually. There you go. So even that, but it was like because they lost so much time at the beginning, they never had a chance to catch up. They had to do that three times. They got in that uh, when they got back to LAX. They're fucking. That was an Uber driver. That lady. I guarantee you, she was an Uber driver. Not. A, it wasn't a taxi. She didn't know a. She didn't know where to go. B. She couldn't fucking speak English. C. Mm-hmm. She didn't know how to use Google Maps. But that was a taxi. Though. Are you sure? Yeah, it had the. It was a taxi like minivan. It's the shittiest taxi ever. How do you have a job driving a taxi and you don't know how to use fucking turn by turn directions? Yeah, but I feel like if she were an Uber driver, she would absolutely absolutely know because that's how. That's how that's done. Yeah, but I think it's more. It makes more sense to me that an Uber driver would be completely clueless. And useless, as opposed to a taxi driver. If you owned a taxi company, why would you hire somebody who doesn't know how to drive around L.A.? Doesn't well, know how that, to... No, that was not L.A. That was Santa Barbara. Okay. And, yeah, I think my guess is that she knows how to get to all the wineries. Because that's probably what uh, we use taxis for in Santa Barbara. Okay. To get to the wineries. Maybe, yeah. And when it's this weird thing, Gibraltar Rock, it's like... She doesn't know because that's not what people use taxis for in Santa Barbara. Okay, well, that's my guess. Your experience uh, with Santa Barbara is more extensive than mine, so that that makes sense. But uh, my point is that was yet another thing that stopped them from catching up. They couldn't catch up, and then when they finally were going, then this fucking car is in front of them, and they yeah. literally had to go. Please move the fuck yeah. over. Not that those people were being dicks; they were just 
taking a, a leisurely drive through wine country, <laughs> which I'm sure that's what you do. They invite people to do that. Right. By all means, take a leisurely drive. But hey, can you just pull over? And they did, and everyone was happy. But it was like they couldn't fucking catch a break, uh, unlike the dancers who just fucking nailed it. And Everything that, it, they did. And it wasn't just luck with them either. Like, no. When she was, got to the end... And she was like, I knew those hashtags were, were going to come in place. She was absolutely right. Okay, well, let's put a pin in that. Okay. I want to come back to that. But, like, looking for the boat, the Teresa Ann, mm -hmm. and noticing in the pictures its relative location to the museum. Right. Made it so that they didn't have, they didn't have to look around. Yeah. She knew, go to this end, go to the, go, go right, to the go left. all the way to the end, yeah. and it'll be somewhere over there. And they found it in, like, two seconds. It, it yeah. was a really, really well-run... Um, uh, uh, leg. Yeah, okay. I think but I, I do want to give uh, props to Tyler and Corey for not um, losing their composure. Like they still had a great time. Yeah, and as uh, Mrs. Howell pointed out, they've won like five legs, so yeah. they're going home with tons of vacations and money and shit. Yes, like it's, and, that, that probably takes some of the sting out of it. And let's not forget, unlike the dancers who are dancers, uh -huh. and unlike Cole and his mom, the mom who's just a mom, these guys, Tyler and Corey, especially Tyler, he's pretty famous. I mean, in the in the online YouTube, Instagram world, he's like the shit. I remember once I picked up all these people from a Christmas party, and we got to talking. They brought up um, Grace Helbig. Yeah, I like her. Yeah, and I was and like they because she was at the party and they were talking about whatever and like hooking up with her and one of the couples one of the couples in the car were a couple, but. Uh, Someone made a joke about how the woman of the couple was talking to Grace Helbig, and she was like, yeah, I was trying to hook up. Ha, 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 I'd cheat on you with Grace Helbig as a joke. And we all laughed, and I was like, fuck yes, I would. <laughs> because, of course, she's beautiful, she's funny, she seems like a nice person, um, can't get enough. And I was like, you know who I hate, though, who does that mm -hmm. shit? And I started naming some people, and they were like, oh, yeah, fuck that guy. The biggest was that idiot Joey. Joey Graceffa. I yeah. said, what do, you, what do you guys feel about Joey Graceffa? And they were like, oh, he's the worst. <laughs> he's the fucking whole problem. He's the bad part. And I go, what about Tyler Oakley? Because all I knew about Tyler Oakley was that my kids follow him mm -hmm. on Instagram or whatever. So, of course, he's got a, a million pictures. And they just look like this corny gay guy smiling <laughs> uh, at everything. So I, that's all I knew of him. So I asked him, "What do you guys think about Tyler?" And they go, "No, he's actually legit. He's authentic. He he he's he's really into music, and he interviews musicians and stuff." I was like, "Oh, okay, that seems cool." Because that's what I think social media should be for. Mm -hmm. To you know, I want my own show about music, and I do it. But so the point is, he's already pretty famous and got a good career. Corey seems to be doing all right. The couple who really the people who really needed the money was Cole and his mom, mm -hmm. which I found funny. Whereas, like, Tyler, the whole show, Tyler and Corey, the whole show, were funny and sweet and clever, and yeah. they are clearly the stars of the show, and the fact that they made it so far was good, whereas the dancers were thrust into the villain role, mainly because they're so competitive, and she's, when she got mad, that was really yeah. scary to watch. Well, did I, 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 sometimes I forget what I said on this show and what I said on Battleship Pretension, but um, <laughs> a couple weeks ago, when she had to carry chickens... yeah. She became suddenly the nicest person in the world. Yeah, and right. Like, that's what I, I was like, Matt. You should take some of the money and buy her a bunch of pet chickens. Yeah, <laughs> it really seems to cool her down. Some sort of pet. Well, I bet like they have pets at home, uh -huh. and she's never like that at home. <laughs> I mean, she was that that episode where she was talking about quitting. Yeah, she clearly. I'm sure there was 
plenty of time off camera where she was like, I'm sorry, I lost my shit, and I shouldn't yeah. have been like that. Yeah. That seemed out of character for even her, because she was being really mean, like, in a way that you'd think this relationship's over. But it, it, was, a, it was a perfect finale. You had the underdog, the, uh, the winners, and then the villains all in the final three. Yeah. Um, you had interesting things that they were going to do, things that I legitimately said, mm, I don't know if I could do that. Um, and then you had people who deserved to be there. Like, just the fact that they were, it was Tyler and Corey who engineered the whole get out the guys, yeah, yeah. the Frisbee guys. Yeah. Which, if they hadn't done that, uh, Frisbee guys would very likely have won. It, it, and sure, yeah. they engineered that and they were smart enough to, to use it to their advantage. Well, Bernie Ashley, Bernie Ashley played a big role in that too. But they, it was a two person, it was a two pronged yeah. attack. And Bernie and Ashley couldn't. We, I thought they were going to be in the final three, but they obviously didn't have what it takes. That was a huge surprise at the end Me of the second, second to last episode. And I love, and I love their, them too. That when they were doing that water slide thing, <laughs> which they did on the back. Remember that episode? I know what you're going to say. And Bernie's like, uh, to the frisbee guys. Yeah, right as right before he goes down, he goes, "Hey guys, let me ask." <laughs> and then he shoots down the chute. And obviously he did that on purpose yeah. to be funny, but it fucking <laughs> it works. Funny, killed. Yeah, he's fucking hilarious. The guy I've seen him on on uh, at midnight more than once. He's really oh, funny. Really? Okay. Yeah, the Rooster Teeth thing is all about comedy. They made that movie Laser Team. I've heard of that with Colton Dunn. I guess that was their movie. Okay. So yeah, he's funny. It was. I will say this whole season surprised me about how much I liked it yeah. because I was not in a, excited about the YouTube stars, you know. Yeah, but because I was expecting it to be all yeah, Joey Graceffa. <laughs> exactly. I think they. I think they realized let's let's not get these fucking YouTube stars who are annoying a holes. Yeah. Let's get the the final cut guy. You know, like I that guy. Uh, like, I was talking to Gracie about it. She's like, that guy's an idiot. He's a magician. Who cares? <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's interesting. But I think the shit he does is really amazing. Granted, it's all just editing and camera tricks, but it's entertaining. And that's his medium, you know? So I was like, oh, that's cool. So everybody had something different. You know, it wasn't PewDiePie and all these fuckheads who I want to punch in the face. <laughs> it was all cool people. And then some people like... Cole's mom or what's her name's dad who aren't in the business. Yeah. They're just friends and relatives. Bernie's girlfriend or wife, whatever. Let me get... To, so we talked about great season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm okay with the ending. Mm-hmm. I do have one thing I want to say about The Amazing Race. Okay. The memory challenge at the end, I think it's time to do away with them. Completely. Yes. I think at this point, every team starts knowing I just got to write down everything. Yep. Because there is no... All this was was who can put it together the fastest. There's no drama yeah. on the teams of like, can they remember? And not, which means it also doesn't serve the other purpose that's supposed to serve for the viewer, which is the memories of what you've watched over the last 13 right. weeks. If you think about what I think is, I can't remember if it was the first, but I think definitely the best memory challenge ever was, I think it was the first time Margie and Luke were on, okay. and they had the surfboards. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. And each surfboard had a picture of like a landmark on it, right. and he had to put them in order. And also, there were surfboards that had landmarks on them that weren't from anything. There was, like, an extra one. So you had to make sure you had the right, like, 11 surfboards and you put them in the right order. Right. Like, that was... That did everything it was supposed to do. It was, like, a trip down memory lane for Margie and Luke and for the viewer. Yeah. And there was drama of, is he going to be able to remember which ones and get the right ones yeah. in the right order? At this point, for the last few seasons, everyone is just writing everything down. Yeah. And it's lost... I want something dramatic for the last challenge, and this is now completely sapped of drama. Well, I think also they do themselves a disservice 
because starting with the uh, the blind date season, uh-huh. they start they they involve social media to make it a part of the game. So now, not only uh, I mean, they have a record Do you of that it. team who missed the train. What the team who missed the train? What? I don't because remember. it was the, the season. I think it was that season where they gave them all cameras and had yeah, them yeah. take selfies. Yeah, and the team was like. Went outside the train oh, that's to right. take a selfie, and they ended up catching the train leave, right. leaving behind them. But even in that, <laughs> even in, uh, but with that, they're basically giving them tools to document everything, and they're saying, "Make it hashtag this." Okay, right. now I have all the pictures of where we were and all the hashtags and who was there and who won it. Uh, they're making it a lot easier. Whereas before, you literally had to write it down, and you were writing everything down because you didn't know what was what. But if they tell you, okay, in this leg we need you to take three pictures and hashtag them this, you're going to remember that. <laughs> right, and yeah. chances are you're going to use that at the end. So it's not, it's not an effort to remember it. You know what I mean? They got to the end and, and they Cole and what's-her-name both went, oh, hashtag sweet. And like knew exactly what it was. They didn't even show Tyler and Corey, right? They didn't even show them doing it. They probably skipped it. They probably told them, just go to the end. Well, actually, um, no, they did it, but uh, Corey was actually doing it wrong. Oh, because really? he was putting the because ha- you were supposed to start with the hashtag and then put the name of the city. Yeah, and he was putting the hashtag at the end. But my guess is that either they didn't show the part where he had to redo it, or they just didn't make him redo it because well, he was going yeah. to be last. Yeah, there was. There's a time when that we've seen. We've actually seen it on the show. There's a time when it's clear if you're not uh, if, if you're last, they just come up and go. All right, come well, on. That's, yeah, in the let's go in the first season, the second team wasn't even in the same country. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, that was before, that was before they introduced like these things that are intentionally meant to bunch the teams yeah. up to keep the drama because, like yeah. the second, like the first team finished the the like crossed the finish line like sixteen hours ahead and on another side of the world from the second team. Yeah, when you catch a break and you're on the, you're on a run, that's what happens. Um. But it was uh, it was an amazing. Fan. Let me ask you this: I asked Brooke this. Now, a lot of times they will manipulate it to look close. They will show two teams, two different shots of two teams running, and they're not in the same shot. And you know it wasn't close. Right, right. They're just they just edited it to look that way, which is fine. Because it's, like, it's t- like raining in one and another. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's clearly- well, mainly anytime they show they show a team running. And then they cut to another team running. You know it didn't happen at the same time. Right. It's not unless you see both teams in the same shot that you know. But in this case, I thought they were going to do it. And Brooke even said, are they going to try to make this look close? Because there was no way. Even first and second, there was no way it was close. Yeah. Um, and they didn't. They didn't yeah. try to make it look that way. As soon as those two came across, Phil was like, you did it. You Wow, they're way behind you. So while we're waiting for them to show up... Let's just shoot the shit, and yeah. you can say hi to all your well, friends. Why don't you guys do a little dance? Yeah, That's right? what they had them do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They just killed time. Rather than make it look close, they said, let's just kill time. And I liked that because I, it was so obvious it wasn't close. You know, yeah. it w- There was no way it was going to be close because I feel a little insulted when they do that because I think by this time, doesn't everybody know they're just editing it to make it look that way? And and I think they know because last week... Um, Tyler and I talked about this on Battleship Retention because um, we talk about Amazing Race now. Um, but last <laughs> week, they kind of pulled like a double cross where they did the seemingly fake close thing and kind of made it look like it was more Bernie and Ashley than Sherry and Cole. Right. And then when Sherry and Cole came around the corner, it was a huge surprise. And then Bernie and Ashley, serious they were, only like a minute behind them. 
That yeah. was a, that was a great uh, uh, trick. A great trick. So that yeah. one worked, is what you're saying? That yeah, that worked because I think they know that we know. You know, that they're intentionally playing into our... Oh, I see what you're saying. Now. All right, I came up with this mnemonic device that you can use. Tatum, bop, bop. It's, it's Tatum... Tatum, Tabum. Yes. It stands for Tyler and I talked about this on Battleship Protection. <laughs> so you can just use that every, you can just just use like, that every time. Okay, so it's like, like Rigby. Rigby. Yeah. Yeah. But you just say Tenbo, blah, 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 and you go on, right? Yeah. Uh, well done. <laughs> Thanks. All right, so uh, that's good. All right, so uh, it's coming back in the. Uh, of course, it's the been renewed. We we all heard about the renew. So next week, we will, if David can find his list, we'll talk about what oh, got right. canceled and what got renewed. Did you hear they canceled The Good Wife? <laughs> I did. I, everybody loved that show. What happened? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> um, it's like when they canceled Seinfeld. It's like, what the fuck? Uh, so we'll go through the list and see what we were right and what we were wrong about and the surprises. And I'll give David time to eulogize Nashville. Um, and I want to watch. Oh, I think maybe we can save that for two weeks from now. Oh, in the season finale? Yeah, when I make you watch the, se- the mm, series finale of that. Well, I will definitely be eulogizing Castle next week, which is its not only its season finale, but the series finale. Because that actually is a big surprise. Uh, everybody thought it was going to come back, but it didn't. And we'll talk about it next week. And that's what I want to watch. The okay. very the Last Castle. Not the movie The Last Castle. Right. But The Last Castle. And I want to watch The Last Man on Earth season Not the movie The Last Man, watching it on Earth. No. And there's also a movie called The Last Man on Earth with uh, Vincent oh, Price. Why are we going to watch that? You uh, should pick not. a TV we're gonna, show. We're going to watch the last episode of the second season of the, t- t- of the Fox television series, The Last Man on Earth. Okay. So, um, Sheldon Adelson presents... Watch Boy. this. <laughs> if I didn't have you, life would be blue. I'd be Doctor Who without the TARDIS. Is it weird to shoot out books? A candle without a wick, a Watson without a crick. I'd be one of my outfits without a dickie. I'd be cheese without the Mac, jobs without the Wozniak. I'd be solving exponential equations that use basis not found on your calculator, making it much harder to crack. I'd be an atom without a bomb, a dot without the com, and I'd probably still live with my mom. And he'd probably still live with his mom. Ever since I met you, you turned my world around. You supported all my dreams and all my hopes. You're like uranium-235 and I'm uranium-238, almost inseparable. Isotopes. I couldn't have imagined how good my life would get from the moment that I met you, Bernadette. If I didn't have you, life would be dreary. I'd be string theory without any string. I'd be binary code without a one, a cathode ray two without an electron gun. I'd be firefly buffing Avengers without Joss Whedon. I'd speak a lot more Klingon, Kalachnik, Kachaj Vaughn. And he'd definitely still live with his mom. Ever since I met you, you turned my world around. You're my best friend and my lover. We're like changing electric and magnetic fields. You can't have one without the other. I couldn't have imagined how good my life would get from the moment 
that I met you, Bernadette. She's sick, I knew it. Bye. <laughs>